1: All right, guys, so welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast, where each week I'm joined by some of the world's most renowned faces in the entertainment industry, on the sports field, and corporate leaders sharing their own truths and their personal journeys. This episode, I chat with none other than one of Australia's most recognized faces, Karen Ledbury, an Australian TV presenter and actress known from The Morning Show and The Daily Edition, And the Sydney Weekender, the ultimate travel show, which is one of the longest running TV shows in history. She's a wife, a mom, and an absolutely amazing lady who got behind the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign's global efforts way back three years ago now and helped us with some incredible ways, pushing our aims, joining me on Sky News to discuss mental health and help to shine a light on it with Channel 7, for which I'm tremendously grateful for. So firstly, welcome to the show, Karen.
0: Wow, you make me sound so interesting.
1: You are. You've done done a lot. You've done a lot in your time.
0: Podcasts, I can tell you.
1: (laughs) So, I know the premise of why you got behind the imperfectly perfect campaign at a time. Um, We're going to talk about parenthood and how we can talk about mental health with our kids. But first and Mm -hmm. foremost, like because we have got like a global audience now, tell people a little bit more about yourself and your background. Because one of the things that I absolutely love about you. The first day that I met you and afterwards it in an industry where like everybody is cameras, lights and actions, you're very humble and you still see yourself as this person that first kind of got found when it came to TV. Can you share that story?
0: Yeah, look, I grew up in a country town. My dad was a cop and um, we grew up in a very small country town, Gundawindi in Queensland. And then I moved to another country town with dad's work. And I didn't move to this big smoke until my early 20s. And um, my dad passed away a few months ago, but I think virtually my whole life has certainly not let me um, get too big in my head with the industry. But um, I fell into television. I was a fully qualified hairdresser and um, I my husband now who was my boyfriend at the time he had a company car and a mobile phone and he was working for a mountain biking company and coming from the country that was just a job that I had never had anyone who my gosh they give you a car like I couldn't wrap my head around it and uh, I said I need a job where they give me a car and they give me a phone it sounds amazing so I went through the newspaper and I found this tiny little ad that They were advertising a cosmetics company, and I said, That's me. I did hair, I did makeup. Um, That sounds like my job. It's company car, it's a phone, ticked all the boxes. And so I went and did it. And little did I know that part of their parent company was doing direct response television, the infomercials and advertorials that you see today, um, as part of their company. And they had a high profile presenter doing their ads. And uh, as luck would have it, that particular presenter got sick one day, and I had been asked previously to. To be a hand model for them and I was so excited I rang all my friends and said my hand's going to be on TV and um, <laughs> I ended up presenting the segment because they were too sick and the money had been paid to the networks at that stage we were working with um, the most beautiful man in the world Bert Newton which I know a lot of people know here in Australia and um, he was very very generous and I started I did the segment uh, so nervous. I actually didn't sleep the whole night. I threw up virtually all night. I went in the next day and did the segments and the company loved my work so much. They said, well, why don't you do all the cosmetic side of the business um, and all the ads and we'll get the other presented to do the other stuff. So it started from there and I think this year is 25 years for me in television. I'm 50 this year and I still feel I'm in a television studio every week in some cases pre-COVID and and starting off this week, I'll be in the studio every day, whether it's on location or at Channel Seven or um, doing a commercial or, you know, presenting real estate videos. But every single time I go in, I actually feel that it is my very first time. Like I know what I'm doing because I've had so much experience, but as far as a feeling inside of me, I still feel so grateful and so humble because it isn't my industry. It's not what I've trained in. It's not what I set out to do when I was younger. So I think watching so many presenters around the world, Uh, get jobs lose jobs be in and out of work and it is such a fickle industry and it can come down to the color of your hair the way you sound what the audience thinks you know changes there's so many factors that can put you out of work in a heartbeat so I think I go into my work every single day incredibly grateful that I'm still working and um and I just love it. It's everyone's positive around you and it's a great atmosphere. And of course, in situations like this, it does. I also am very aware that it does give you an incredible platform to share messages that are important to you and close to your heart.
1: 25 years. like 25 and I, years. I, I can remember the day you actually, <laughs> you invited me to where you was doing the, uh, you were doing one of the Infomercials, commercials and you invited me down yeah. to obviously shoot for the campaign And I was behind the scenes watching it and just the way that you just flip a script, like obviously it's rehearsed and you've done it for a long time now. But then between takes, it was almost like producer had come in and said, we need to change this. And like to go off a script that you'd already known to flip it that quick. It's yeah, (laughs) it bewildered me.
0: Well, I think because. I don't know whether it's, uh, I get asked this question a lot, how do you just add live on the spot? How do you change things around? How do you, because a client may come in and it's a four-minute script, but they've written a script that's essentially five minutes. So we have to cut and chop a lot out. So I try not to learn the script beforehand because I think that that puts a lot of pressure on you to get it right. It also puts you in the headspace of learning something. I try to put myself... In the situation, I try to look at the product, I try to understand the product, what is it we're talking about, and also um, something I've, every single time I present a product, um, or if I'm doing Sydney Weekender and I'm going to showcase a destination, I try to put myself in the shoes of the person that's watching what I'm doing and how is this product Or this place or this experience going to put a little bit of magic in their lives because that's essentially what they do there's products that help people lose weight there's products that help people with cleaning there's products you know there's destinations like swimming with dolphins that i've done with sydney weekender that really do have that magical touch and have the ability to change the way people look at things and so rather than learn a script i try to think about what am i talking about and who is this going to be good for and i try to keep that authenticity. I've never sold a product that I haven't believed in um, or can't associate. There's certainly products I wouldn't use myself, not because they're not good, but because they're not something that I would have in my life. But when I am selling those products or I am presenting those destinations, I try to think of the person that would be perfect for, and that's how I do my presentation. So I think that authenticity is the most important thing. I take very seriously the trust that the audience Um, have with me that in some cases they're pulling their credit card out and spending money they probably don't have at that time um, to buy a product that I've said is a great product so I don't take that lightly either Um, so that's in every presentation in every script Um, if there's something I don't agree with authentically morally I will change that script and uh, sometimes clients jump back and say no but we want you to say this and I, I definitely put my foot down in some cases and I think that's Where I can change the script is because I can look at a script and say, but if I'm buying this, I actually don't understand what you're saying. I don't get still what this product's about. So we'll tweak the script script on set Um, because at the end of the day, those companies are putting a lot of money into investing in the show and in the spots and customers are pulling their credit card out. I want to make sure that we're authentic right across the board
1: yeah and like you say there what what comes with a capacity of a level of being on daytime tv all the time you do get this platform and a lot of people want your attention there's a lot of brand stuff opportunities that come your way and then there's this guy that reaches out through a message on social media about a mental health (laughs) now i come to think of it and when like like people say how did you get in touch with so many of these like public figures and I'm like I just literally utilized social media and sent them a message saying I'd love to take a photo of you so I mean from your perspective putting it as somebody who obviously gets a lot of opportunities what was your thoughts when you first initially saw the campaign and what drew you it other than other ones that because obviously you must get approached all the time
0: I do get a number of people want to photograph me that slip into my <laughs> yes. Um Look, you know, the first thing I do, and I do try to validate every request that comes in, whether it's asking me to do something for charity. I don't have a, a huge amount of money, so I can't give money like a lot of uh, fortunate people can, but I can give my time or offer a platform if I see it. Mental health is a massive issue globally. Um, for me, it's affected various different members in my family, it's affected friends, I've had um, friends that have suicided, I've had, um, you know, friends that have certainly contemplated it, as a lot of people do throughout their life, at some stage, they get certain thoughts, whether they, you know, take that to, to, you know, fruition, or whether it's just thoughts that they have. Um, And I I just think it's something that's still, even despite being part of um, so much of the movement, I do still think there is that stigma, and I constantly get shocked of people coming out and saying, you know, this has happened to me. And I think that we're still a long way from making it okay to not be okay. For me, I'm you know, fifty-year-old woman, three teenage kids, working, you know, running a household. People just do think because you've got a smile on your face every single day on television um, that everything is perfect and we see more and more as celebrities come out which is what i love about the campaign that everyone is human and everybody does have hard times and so that's what drew me to the campaign obviously i looked at it you came to the studio which for me is a really safe environment it's you got to see what i do then i got to hear more about you and then slowly i mean i joined quite early on in the piece before But then slowly each week that, you know, you worked on a campaign, some of my great friends in television and and, um, musical theatre and and so many other people have come on board the campaign and so that obviously feels great that the movement is happening. But I think anything with mental health, if I can lend myself on my platform too. I think is really, really important. What I loved about this campaign is you don't have an agenda behind the scenes, which was really important to me. It's not about, hey, let's get as many celebrities and then let let me get my profile up there. Mm-hmm. It's always been about mental health. It's always been about the cause, and that in itself is, is what I was so passionate about. And, you know, they say you get to know someone within the first few minutes of talking to them. You can kind of get a feel. And your first talk, everything that you spoke about was always about mental health. It always came back to the cause, which you know,
1: appealed to me. So yeah, anything I can do is... It's funny that you said and you you brought the attention to the stigma still being there. So we know that, and I'm not the first person to start a mental health movement, especially with celebrities, maybe in a way that nobody's seen them in that light. But like Mm. you say, this has come to three and a half years now and I've been consistently just pushing and going and grinding. But there are still some people who I speak to all the time and they say, I've not said anything. I'm like, but why? There's so much out there. And the the old saying is obviously we've come so far, but there's still a lot of work to do. And there clearly is. I think yeah. it just, I think
0: I think social media is starting to break that down to give you an yeah. example. You know, there are so many, so many women on social media who are putting up the perfect bikini shot or the I'm the perfect mother, I juggle it all, I do it all. And and it is not only the pressure that you feel from the outside world that you must do it all and have it all and cook these and plate up these incredible dinners every single night because we've got a thousand and one cooking shows on TV yeah. um, that you should know what some of the rare ingredients from the Himalayan Himalayan mountains are. From. <laughs> you know, there is a lot of pressure that people, um, you know, a lot of people strive for the perfect Instagram for the perfect life. And um you know for me for example I do keep my private life incredibly private so you go through my social media you go online there's you know is she in a relationship has she got a husband has she got a wife has she you know like what is it about and I do keep that very private so for me that in itself is hard to come out publicly and talk about things that go on because you do try to I do try to keep that separation I function that way that I don't put everything out there, but I just think the pressure. You know, you you compete against yourself to become a better person constantly. I know, I know, I do. I try to become better at my job. I try to be a better mom. I try to be, you know, better around here. And 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 so I think that constant striving to be better and do better, and then being surrounded by people who say you can have it all and you can do it all. I think people still see. That if something's not right mentally or they're not coping or there's too much pressure that in some way or somehow they're a failure because they're not able to do it all because everybody around them appears to be doing it all you know i watched a great show that we have on channel seven last night when it comes to mental health and, and and the guys sharing their mental health and you only have to listen to someone who's got a profile, which is what this campaign is all about, and just hear them saying that they were in such a place that they would sit in their room at nighttime and cry or yep. and then go, wow, I never saw that from that person to then go, How maybe this is normal, you know. I think there's a lot to be said about it's starting to filter through. Emily Sky, a really a good friend of mine, fitness yeah. model. Um, she put up this morning a great shot with her belly hanging out, and she's like, "No matter how fit I am, no matter how lean I am, no matter how much I train, I still have." A, a little pooch. We have a uterus We're we're designed to protect that reproductive area of our body as women. So celebrate that little tummy pooch. Not Don't try. Not everybody was born to have a completely flat stomach. So I think with people like her and other people that are sharing, it's okay not to be okay, we're imperfectly perfect, is is something that's starting to break those barriers. But I still think we're our own worst enemy because we don't like to admit to people that we're faithful. Yeah. You know we don't yeah. like to admit that our kids are not doing well at school or our kids are not doing well at sport or our kids don't know what they want to do at the end of year 12. I think that all of those factors come in and that and and not being okay mentally is, is another uh, arm of that that you know we're not okay with telling people that we're not perfect.
1: It is true and I think I think as this campaign has moved along it's always kept the same premise of mental health but even mm. for myself and the journey I've met people like yourself in entertainment. And then I've tried to move into industries of corporate and money and all this. And myself, I sit there and I listen to these conversations and commonalities and I'm going this pressure, what you spoke about there. And we see it on social media that people are trying to be this next big thing or this, this, this. And I'm going, Whoo, I think it's ultimately what is going to find your happiness. Because at the end of the day, I've spoke to some of the most prolific people in each industry. And I'm like, have too much money you've got all that pressure you don't know who wants to know you for that and then you've got this you've got all that pressure on then if you're not working you've got this this and and i'm like what makes me happy
0: And, and right there you hit the nail on the head um there is a real danger and one of the reasons i've chosen not to put on my social media much about my family i see you know couples that They fill their whole Instagram with date night and romance and love of my life. And then when it crumbles, Mm. uh, when they separate, divorce, have tough times, it's then even harder because they've built up this life of happiness and perfectness. And then all of a sudden, sorry, we're not together anymore. And it takes everybody, you know by surprise and that adds to that pressure uh people who make a lot of money really quickly and then they feel that pressure to keep all of that money going um when they lose it they don't want to admit that they've had a bit of failure or what have you do you know
1: oh it's difficult i i said it recently on the thing because as much as this campaign's grown and all, all yourselves. I'm very thankful and the names and everything. Like I, I had to say on a, a podcast once, luckily I got a great support network because everyone was seeing the celebrities, the publicity. They were seeing this, this, and this. I was hitting a wall because I can remember when I went on Sky with you and Jacinta, she was like, how, how are you going with everything? Like, are you making money off this? Are you doing this? And I was because like, it's never been about money but yeah. in a full time job, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and I'm like, I'm hitting a wall. I'm going, oh my! And I felt the pressure, but I had friends behind me, which I'm lucky. So it made me realise through that I was going through a lesson of trying to understand the people in entrepreneurship and business who were doing that as well. Thinking, I need to keep going because if I don't, then I'll, I'll, all oh, and I'm. oh yeah. It's a terrible way of thinking and <laughs> how we do it.
0: It's a, it sounds funny because I know that. If you were to reach out and say, hey, Kaz, I'm just having a bit of a problem with this. Can you help me out with this, this and the other? Or are you able to reach out? Delegating is really yeah. hard because you feel like everybody else has got so much going on in their life. And as a mother, it's the same thing that, you know, you feel you feel like you're putting people out by saying, hey, do you mind watching the kids this afternoon because I need a bit of time with my husband? Or um, I'm actually not coping mentally and I can't have this. Knowledge. Do you mind watching the kids? Now, back in the days, the 50s and 60s, wouldn't be a problem you know it's a community I think now we've separated ourselves so much from a lot of people that it is hard to say "Hey, do you mind helping if you are a perfectionist who wants to be better and bigger and more money or whatever the goal is a better parent whatever that is somehow we've gotten into a state that if we ask for help it's a sign of weakness and so that in the early stages when all you need to do is say hey i wouldn't mind a little bit of help um that is is that's the cog i feel in this whole big wheel that's missing yes. because we don't feel like we can ask for help or we feel like well if we can't handle everything ourselves that we're failing that then gets into bigger problems because your mental health starts to get affected by being too busy too much too perfect to everything and all the things that you've built up to be perfect whether it's a relationship fail or something's going on with the kids that you know teenage years have been very very hard for everyone and all of that starts to pile up underneath just from not right at the beginning saying to someone how hey, could use a little bit of help
1: yeah know? and I think that's the biggest thing like you said and then just just moving into that as a parent both parents and you've got three boys and, and one you've just recently um is just flown off where's he gone
0: He's he's in Hawaii, the University of Hawaii. He's uh, swimming, on a swimming scholarship over there. And that's another thing. You know, I get questions all the time. How's Jordan going? Is he going to the Olympics? You know, he went to Olympic trials for Tokyo and uh, just missed out. He had some amazing times. He wasn't going for Tokyo because he's still young. He's only 19. Um, But, you know, he's on a great trajectory to do really well at the next Olympic trials. and that in itself is a pressure because everyone knows that he's a river and around me knows that he's swimming. And the expectation every time I talk to them is what's he done now? What's he done now? What's the, has he reached the next level? And, and that in itself is a pressure. He doesn't feel that, but um, I do feel a lot of people do pressure that if you are doing something, you've got to either stay on that trajectory or improve or, you know, because he is such a great swimmer that all of a sudden he should be an Olympian. If he's not an Olympian, that's a yeah, you know, he won both of his races in the, in the trials, but uh, didn't get the times that he needed. And, but people see that as, Oh, he shouldn't make it. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of steps to becoming an Olympian. It's not just that there there's there people who won the, at the Olympic trials and still didn't get the Olympic times. So there's a lot of steps. And I think that pressure of people saying, Oh, all right, you didn't make it in, you know, some sort of way saying yeah. he's not a great swimmer, you know? So
1: um it's like going from a to z isn't it like people see you on tv but they don't see the steps that you took and they just see it here and you're like if you only knew like your son
0: (laughs) absolutely and i think i mean just just as a mother the pressure of cooking the perfect meal having the perfect house Um, working and having kids you know I really feel I think it's much harder to be a stay-at-home mum than it is to work and have kids because you do get to escape mentally from the consistency of being at home so I do really validate and appreciate stay-at-home mums I think their job is just so vital and it's a hard 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 job Um, but even just with kids it's uh, you know if you don't know what your kids are going to do if they're not going to uni people do look at those situations or they certainly give me the feeling that it's a failure if they haven't yeah. you know picked what they want to do or you know some kids just want to take a complete year off and whether it's packing shells at coals or mowing lawns or, or just doing something that they don't have to think about um i think it's refreshing whereas there is a certain pressure in society if your son's finished year 12 oh what university is he going to you know or Um, What's he going to do with himself, or what's he going to be? You know, Um, I've always made sure. Obviously, I have two leave school now, and one still at school going into Year Ten. And I've always said to my boys, I do not care. You know, I have connections. If you want to get into certain jobs, uh, I will not use those connections unless I know the kids are are worthy of it. But um, I want you to be happy, and I want you to feel confident. And whether that means that you mow lawns, or you know, you want to pack shelves at night, or you know, you want to create your own business or you want to go to uni whatever it is you want to do where I've I've tried to really make sure that that pressure is not there that they have the freedom to decide I might take three years off I'm like you know I didn't get into television until I was 25 so 24 25 and so you know I did a completely different career before this so I think it's very harsh to ask a 17 18 year old um, pick your pick your living for the rest of your life my cousin became a doctor in his 40s you know I think wow. the most exciting thing about life is I actually watched a little um YouTube of Judge Judy of all things this morning <laughs> she gave the best advice going. You. yeah I love Judge Judy and she said she was doing a little seminar in front of kids and talking to them about their future and she said if you don't make it in your 20s make it in your 30s if you don't make it in your 30s make it in your 40s and she highlighted this woman this incredible woman that decided in her 80s that she was going to become a painter and um by the time she was you know hitting 90s she was one of the most prolific painters and I I loved that story because I think that's something that kids should hear that and that's all about mental health and and the pressures that young people face these days that from Instagram having the perfect body to the perfect job to the best university degree um, there's a lot of pressure on them I think it's nice to be able to say hey it doesn't matter You don't know when you're 40 what you want to be when you grow up. And I'm 50 and I'm still not sure. I mean, this is the job that I love doing, but maybe I'll end up being something else when I grow up, you know? I think it's refreshing to let people just be
1: themselves. I think you've just hit the nail on the head with all that, though. And, I like, the ultimate wish for humanity in that is, like, if if we're looking as an adult and thinking we didn't really like it when our parents were trying to choose for us... Mm. we're carrying on these patterns these generational patterns to go what are you going to do after school when we have to realize we're all individuals to pick ourselves so I think that's awesome that you just let your kids choose and that's why I brought your kids up because I know you initially got behind it not Mm. to speak about your kids but as a parent's perspective and all this pressure how have you dealt with that with three boys because we know that guys don't like to talk about it because of this societal man up and everything. How have you dealt and opened those conversations with the boys?
0: Um, I think because boys in particular don't like talking about things and what's going on. I think I've reversed it. And and as I said, I've always tried to keep throwing out there. I mean, if someone keeps saying to you, if your best friend keeps saying to you, you know, if you're not okay, just tell me Mm. or I'm not okay. I've got this going on. And then all of a sudden that allows the other person the freedom or they feel comfortable to say, well, actually, you're not uncomfortable. Now I need to come clear. I'm not comfortable. So I think I've always um, hit it, jumped on the forefront, and I've always said to my boys, I don't care what mark you get at school. I actually don't care. If you get an F, then as long as I can look down the bottom and I always made sure they did the homework and I always made sure they studied. I'm not saying that I don't care what you get. You can just, you know, do whatever. I, was, I am a very strict but fair parent. Um, so I did care about them. I said, on your report card, if you've got an F at the top, but down the bottom, all I'm looking for is wow. he was a great guy and he applied himself in everything he did. Because I think we're all going to be bad at something and school may be what my kids are bad at or sport may be, you know, what they're not necessarily good at. So I always made sure that I said to them, it's not whether you're good at it or not, it's whether you've given it your all. So in everything they've ever done, I've said to them, I don't care what the end result is, if you give it your all and you give me 100% and that's the best that you can do and that's all I want because everything in life ends up falling into place. You could finish year 12 with a zero mark, you know, not to, but there are, thankfully, with the way the world works, there are courses, there are steps, there are different ways that you can achieve the same result. You can get a great mark at school and go to university and become a doctor. My cousin became a doctor in his 40s by a different way, in different steps. So I always made my boys feel that finishing year 12 and going to uni isn't the be all all and end all and if you don't get into the course that you want it's not the be all and end all if you don't win the race it's not the last race you're ever going to race um and we we try to jordan is disciplined enough in himself that he gets up at four in the morning and he trains in the united states he's training twice a day He's training harder over there than he ever did over here because there is no pressure of we wanting him to do it. Never made my boys do anything that they don't want to do. I've always pushed them if I feel like it's a lazy point that they, you know, I can't do my homework. Well, why can't you do it? Are you just lazy or do you need some help? And if you need some help, let's sit down and work it out together. So um, I think taking the pressure off kids and letting them know that, you know, it's okay to fail, it's okay to, you know, not to be who you need or want to be right now that you know living life being a good person and applying yourself to everything and always striving to be better always striving to be better and that's that doesn't have to be a standard that's up here you know that can be a lowest that can be anything you know just always try to be a good person and apply yourself in everything you do whether that's mowing a lawn or packing a shelf or you know being a stay-at-home dad or whatever it is they choose to do in life so it's As long as they're doing their best at it, that's all you can ask for. So I think they haven't had that pressure as kids.
1: And from your perspective, as a working mom, Mm -hmm. as a highly, (laughs) highly busy working mom as well, if there's any of our listeners out there, and this is obviously from a personal experience How would you take the pressure off yourself? Because like you said, the perfect dinner and then you're trying to juggle. And I've spoken to mothers before who have contacted the campaign and just said, sometimes I just don't feel I'm good enough. I'm trying to keep my husband happy, my kids happy. I'm trying to work. I've got to juggle. How have you done it?
0: Um, I think I've adapted my family to adjust. You know, there are times... This week I've worked every single day because we're back with the morning show after the holiday season and Sydney weekend is starting back and I have real estate videos of starting back. I sound busier than I am. I've worked every day this week. Tomorrow I'm heading off to Melbourne to um, do a big Under Armour campaign. But next week I'm not working at all. So I have virtually a week at home with the kids. So I've always tried to say to them, hey, guys, this week I have a full week obviously the type of job you you draw a lot of adrenaline you know there's a lot of emotion there you're trying to draw out a really happy space when maybe you might be feeling stressed or tired or whatever you have to bring those high energy levels for work so I do make them all aware hey this is what's going on this week I need you guys to put you washing in the machine I need you to make your bed I need you to give me no hassle this week but hey next week I'm happy to make your bed every single day and I'm happy to pack the dishwasher and I'm happy to mop the floor. And, you know, I think I, I'm I'm fair. They don't have to do the same things all the time. They get a really nice mix of, Hey, this week, mum's at home. She's doing it all next week. I need to pick my game up a little bit. And I definitely live in a household of five individuals that are all involved. Two of them have moved out now, obviously, but we live in a household where everyone that's in the household is got a, you know, do their little bit they don't have to do chores or jobs but hey you know if you have a can of coke don't leave it on the couch or you know put your dinner plate in the dishwasher it's that not that hard so you know it's going to be an ebbs and flows sometimes I'm super busy and I can't do it and I'm tired I want to be on the couch and then there's other times where I'm going to be there for them so you know I think the same I just always warn them this is what this week's going to look like so get ready. (laughs) Oh, I think I've lost you. I've lost sound. I don't
1: know why. Oh, it's come back on there. So, you know this question. So I asked you when you first got on it. Three years has gone past. Your kids have grown up in those three years. One's flown the nest. You've gone through more of your journey, of your growth in whatever areas. What does being imperfectly perfect mean to you? Um,
0: I think it's exactly that. We're all imperfect. We are all imperfect and life is imperfect. I lost my dad a couple of months ago and sadly it was during the time when Queensland was uh, in very strict lockdown and um, I was not able to see him. So um, fortunately with a couple of amazing people in the industry, um, they got me an exemption to see him for three hours and I got then I had to get on a plane and come back home. I wasn't there. When he passed, I was via video chat, but Knowing that that's an imperfect situation but trying to make it perfect and embracing what it was. I think, you know, over the last three years, especially with COVID, I've tried to understand that things aren't always going to go your way and you're not always going to be the best and you're not always going to have the coping mechanisms but understanding that those times are there to make you stronger, to make you better, to make you more balanced, to make you aware that you know, the highway is going to have traffic on it sometimes and, and there are going to be people tooting their horns at you and slamming on their brakes and there's chaos. And, and I think that's probably the campaign is just named so well that um, whilst all the imperfectness of the world, all the imperfections that the world has, it does make it perfect, you know. Um, they're all the things that make you better, stronger, learn lessons, learn um, you know, meeting through one challenge, you might meet someone that, you know, somehow enriches your life in a different way. You know, I didn't get a chance to spend those hours or weeks with my dad that I probably could have in his last weeks. But what it made me do is I video chatted him every single day I got to make sure I said all the things that I needed to see so it actually ended up a perfect situation from something that was so tragic so I think what I've learned in the last few years is looking at every situation be it tragic sad difficult turning that around to how's this gonna how how can I make this better and and how can I turn this around and I think you know, not everybody has that ability to do it, and that's why we do see struggles with mental health. It, it is being able to overcome that. But I think if you can start to look at a perfect life is full of imperfections, and once you become okay with that, that you're going to be imperfect and your friends are going to be imperfect and make mistakes and, and all the relationships you have are going to be imperfect and your job's going to be imperfect and, you know, that if once you understand that, it's actually a much better journey, I think.
1: Totally, totally. Just it, it, yeah. It changes your mindset on everything, doesn't it? It's like yeah. you don't have to go around and think that it has to be this way. And if doors are closed for this certain reason, just just look at it. I've learned and gone. Okay, I wanted that, but the doors have been closed. Okay, instead of thinking it should have been that way, maybe something better is coming along.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've had some huge. I've lost jobs. I've lost friends. I've had things happen, and and missed out on opportunities and you think oh you know at the time but then you know you then have you know 4 years 5 years 10 years down the track and you go wow if that didn't happen that wouldn't have happened or because that happened it gave me a little bit of extra strength to be able to handle negotiations or go after what you want in a in a different way or a better way or and not every situation is like that don't get me wrong you lose a parent as i have it's very hard to look at a good side of that. It's very hard. You've lost your parent. You've lost, you know, probably a week or two after my dad passed away. Jordan swam an incredible race in the United States. And he um won a meet. He was the top point scorer for the University of Hawaii. And he, he swam off his dial. And we watched the race live, and the race finished. And I I, I struggle to watch him race. I'm not a good uh sporting parent. I just I start crying the second he gets on the block because. I still see him as a two-year-old in Learn to Swim. And he stands on this block as a, you know, six-foot-two, strong, confident guy. And he jumps in the pool and swims a 200-metre butterfly. It it just blows my mind. But he'd finished the race and the adrenaline through my body and the excitement. And the first thing I did, I picked up my mobile phone and I called my dad's mobile and my dad had passed. You know, there's times like that that it's very hard to look at the positive of what's happened but I think you just have to try to, you have to look at all the things. Well, he gave me everything I need to continue on this part of my journey without it, you know, to look after my mum, to, he's instilled in my kids an, an amazing sense what they talk about. And so you just have to look at the positive side of it. Um, you know, we're in a pandemic. We can't go out, we can't live a normal life. Well, what can you do? You know, what I, are you able to do that perhaps and it's quite funny listening to people because when we weren't in a pandemic, everybody that I knew was complaining about how busy they were and they didn't get enough time at home. We're right in a pandemic and now they're complaining that they're at home too much. So it's that it's looking at the situation in a slightly different way and saying, how do we make the best of it? How can we get a laugh out of this or, or feel better about this, you know?
1: Totally true. Totally true. Well, I just want to say from um, ever since I've met you three years ago and all the help that you've been for Imperfectly Perfect campaign and what you do outside of Imperfectly Perfect campaign, just your advocacy for mental health, being who you are. I just want to say thank you very much, Karen. It means a lot and you're very much appreciated. Where can people find out more information about you and what's coming up for you with new products, uh, products, projects?
0: Um, probably Instagram. Look, I'm not very, um, I'm not very good at being able to put a lot up myself. As I said, I keep it pretty private. I, if if I've got something coming up Instagram, but you know, I'm just, um, just doing my daily thing and I'm, I'm very grateful, and very humbled to be a part of this campaign. And for me, it's been great when I see the updates that you put on social media and you see someone new and you hear the amazing stories that it is just that sense of, Hey, we're all in this together. And no matter who you talk to, they've got a story. If you lined everybody up in the street and and actually took the time out to hear what's going on for them, you know, we're all going through stuff. So I'm um, very humble that you've had me part of this. I love the campaign. I love what you're doing. And I love how you bring everybody together and um, that you're always, you know, no matter what happens, you reach out and, um, and make sure everyone's supported. So thank you.
1: You're welcome. Well, guys, make sure to subscribe to the Imperfectly Perfect podcast by all major podcasts. Platforms, until next time, guys, keep having the hard conversations because it's the hard conversations that save lives. Thank you.
0: To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect Campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.